Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. On game day this week, my guest will be Michigan great Jamie Morris. He'll share his thoughts on the Maryland win and what it will take to beat a very good Wisconsin team under the lights on Saturday. Before Jamie joins us, my view from Section 17. It was another slow start, but once we got it going, I was very impressed with the offense. I thought Maryland would be a good test for us, but I was basing that on how well they played against what we now know as a very good Texas team. On last week's show, I said what I wanted to see against Maryland was a performance that would make me believe we could compete with Wisconsin, Michigan State, Penn State, and yes, even the Buckeyes. I'm still not sure we can, but I feel much better. There is no doubt the offense is coming together in every phase of the game. The O-line has been run blocking well all year, and the pass protection has been excellent the last few weeks. Shea gets more comfortable every week, And we do have an abundance of weapons at receiver and tight end. I really do like where we are now. Now comes the first big test since the Notre Dame game against a very good defense. And other than the penalties, I've had not one concern about our defensive play this year, and we even reduced the silly penalties on Saturday. I wanted improvement, and that's what we got. Now comes the gauntlet. Are we ready to turn the corner? Well, we'll get that answer under the lights in the big house on Saturday night. Michigan great Jamie Morris doesn't see the game from a fan's perspective. He says fans lost some confidence after the Notre Dame game and were disappointed with his sloppy play in the following weeks. He said the players were disappointed too, but they knew what needed to be done to correct the mistakes and get better each week. He says we're seeing what hard work and good coaching can do. Jamie Morris is up next here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew.
back with us on our game day segment this week as we take a look back at the Maryland game and uh, look forward to a big one with Wisconsin Saturday night is Michigan great Jamie Morris, who also co-hosts the M Zone and WTK Ann Arbor Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. Great to have you back with us, Jamie. Mike, it's great to be back with you. Well, Jamie, uh, your thoughts on what was, uh, to me, a very impressive win uh, over the weekend against Maryland. Um, it was an impressive win. Uh, Michigan came out and uh, played, played the kind of football that you we've become accustomed to. I think um, they're starting to settle in. I think a lot of people were alarmed from the uh, hype of uh, preseason. And uh, the uh, Notre Dame game kind of knocked the confidence down from the fan base, I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Uh, From the uh, players' perspective, they knew they had work to do. They haven't had to spend a lot of time with a new coaching staff, especially on the offensive side. That's what I speak of. And uh, having uh, one particular coach in Ed Warner working with the offensive line, they haven't had a chance to really get into everything. I always say to everybody, Michigan had a game between the Notre Dame game, a, a, a game before the Notre Dame game. Mm-hmm. That Notre Dame game would have been different, but that didn't happen. That's how we play. Michigan takes on the hardest team, and we play the Notre Dame team. And then you could see us progress and get better each week. And you can see it in the offensive line. And I think we're where we want to be with the team that we're going to face next week in uh a very high-ranked Wisconsin team. Well, last week, Ed Warner said he likes his offensive line and they're getting better each week. They're getting more comfortable with each other. Is that what you're seeing too, Jamie? Yeah, they're they're gelling. Uh, They haven't had a chance. They, they, you know, they played offensive line. All of them have had an opportunity to play offensive line. But everybody, you got to remember, Cesar Ruiz, this is his first year as the center at the University of Michigan. You've moved Bredesen around. You've moved um, uh, Runyon Jr. around. Uh, Bushel Beatty's finally getting the opportunity. Mike Owenu was in and out of the uh, uh, lineup last year. I think you're getting guys to settle in, and they're getting used to one another. Well, it seemed like uh, as soon as we heard Shea Patterson was coming from Ole Miss, anticipation was building and building all spring and summer. And, you know, when the season started, Jamie, people thought, are we going to do more with Shea? What are we going to use him for? Do you like, though, what we're getting from Shea as as his game is developing and he's getting more comfortable? I, I love what they're doing with Shea, in, in particularly these last two weeks. And I'm talking about Northwestern and uh, Maryland. Northwestern, Shea didn't have the greatest passing stat, but what you saw is, is that he – became the ultimate leader of this team. He, he, he used his feet. He used everything he had to lead this team from a 17-point deficit to win, this, win that game. And then when you watch him Saturday, you could see the confidence brimming on him as he came and took the field. And you can feel that that, that team, there was no apprehension when this team played on Saturday against Maryland. They went out. Yes, they... they, they, they um, they felt each other out in the first quarter, and then things started clicking. Shea started doing the things he needed to do. Yes, we may have breakdowns, but Shea understands that, and he wins with his legs. He, 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 he sustains drives by moving around in the pocket. So 
it's been great. And you know what's interesting about him, Jamie? It seems from, we all know from the time we started playing peewee football, you hear the coaches tell the quarterbacks, do not throw back across your body. Do not throw on the run because the ball's going to sail. But he does both of those things and incredibly accurately. Well, some guys, some guys, um, they alter the rules of, of, of football. <laughs> yeah. They do. And uh, this guy, he and what? Uh, he has a, a, a sort of, a, and I don't want to tag him this, but he has a sort of Brett Favre's type of player playing in him. And he can do some things that you don't, you preach to quarterbacks, you never do. But he can do these things because, and you can see, his passes are, are crisp, clean, and he throws it back across his body, but they get there to these receivers and different things like that. And you can see these receivers are starting to get used to Shea. They have a, they, they, they look at one another now and they understand one another. So it looks like they're settling in. There's no more, there's no more thinking. It's becoming a muscle memory type game. Well, Jamie, I think both of us have been Karan Higdon fans for a long time, but he is really putting together a nice year. And to me, he's always been an elite back, but I think other people are taking notice of that now. I think Karan Higdon really made everybody's eyes open up last year, probably the fourth or fifth game into last year's season. But like you said, Mike, he's really letting letting everybody around the nation know that this is, he's the running back. He's the guy. that He's the engine that's going to keep this team running. And, you know, Michigan's going to come downhill. And Karan Higdon's going to be the leader of that group. Well, helping Karan back there in, is uh, Ben Mason. You played with some darn good fullbacks in your days, but this Ben Mason kid, he is something to watch, isn't he? I mean, when you when you hear the story of Ben Mason, this guy was a linebacker, and he yeah. wanted to play linebacker, and he wants to hit somebody. Now, they've convinced him, playing fullback, you can still hit people. So Ben likes to go out there, and if you watch him play, he's out there looking to hit people. When he whether he has the ball or whether he doesn't, but he did show he's he's an athlete too in that leap over the um, the Maryland defender. So he's got quick feet, and I look forward to seeing him in the uh, I formation a couple more times now. It was funny what Michael Inueno said after the game. He said, "I saw Ben leap like that, but I couldn't believe I saw it. So I looked up at the screen to make sure it really happened." Uh, he's just developing into, as you said, uh, an all-purpose back that you can line up as a tailback, too. Well, without a doubt. And, you know, when you need those tough yards and different things like that, ben, Ben's going to be that guy that you want to give the ball to. You saw he got stoned at the goal line. Him and that the linebacker met each other at that goal line. That linebacker fell off, and Ben just kept going forward. So I, I like what I see in that young man. He's... Uh, you know, we, he harkens back, and you say it, you said it, Mike. He harkens back to those fullbacks of past. Oh, absolutely, he does, and I can't wait to see what happens with him down the road. But overall, uh, do you like where this offense is right now? Do you think it's getting better from week to week? I really do. As I pointed out, from an offensive line standpoint, they're gelling, coming together, and you know what? They have that 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 edge on them. You know, they've been much maligned for the past. I'm going to say eight years. Mm-hmm from an offensive line. So they now they know. They're, they're quiet. They don't talk about it anymore as much as teams, I mean, aligned from the past. But now they understand what they need to do. They're taking good they, – they have a great coach in Ed Warner. They're taking his 
criticism, not personally, but they want to go out and get better. And you can see them each game getting better. I think from the wide receiver standpoint, yeah, we have some injuries, but the wide receivers that we have and that may be coming back, you got to be confident in what these wide receivers are doing. The tight end, they're playing, they're playing wild and wild and free. I like what they do. You got Eubanks, Gentry, and McKeon. They're playing good football. And then, like we said, the running backs. Yes, Chris Evans is a little banged up um, with his hamstring, but True True Wilson is a is a true blessing, isn't he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He might not be a breakaway runner, but he is a positive yardage guy and a great pass blocker, isn't he? He's a gritty guy. He, he'll he stick his head in anywhere, not afraid of going in there and just playing football. And that's the kind of guys you want on this on this offensive team. They're a gritty offensive team. Yes, it's at Michigan, it's the defense they talk about, but it's the offense they have to worry about. Well, speaking of Chris Evans, you just mentioned him with the uh, the hammy injury. He warmed up on Saturday, then he was in street clothes during the game. Are we getting closer to him being back, you think? I think so. I think um, that was a big step, him being able to warm up to see where they were. How, if, he, if he could, if he had to play, could he play? Different things like that. Um, I think maybe you, you have an outside chance. I don't want to guarantee it, but you have an outside chance that Chris Chris getting into the game um, next week, uh, if not next week, Sparty week. Well, over on the other side of the ball, Jamie, I suppose if we look hard, we can find something to be concerned about with Don Brown's defense, but we'd have to look real hard, wouldn't we? Yeah, I think we'd have to go really deep and get him a big <laughs> mic- microphone, mic- <laughs> microscopic uh, to get in there deep because that I, I whenever there's a weakness, when I think there's a weakness, they all, Don Brown finds a way to fix it. Well, after six games, Jamie, uh, at this point, if you have concerns with this team, what would they be? <sighs> slow starts. Mm-hmm. I guess, you know, we start slow right now, but they've, they've been working on it. I think going on the road and starting slow because, you know, you want to come out. We always talk about you want to come out and start fast. And we always talk about, you know, and why do we want these fast starts? Because, you know, you're, when you go into someone else's house, they're going to come out emotionally particularly against Michigan. Everybody wants to beat Michigan. They know the history of Michigan, the winningest team and everything like that. So they're going to come out and they're going to, they're going to give their best punch. We got to punch back. You got to counter punch and then they're going to punch again. And then you counter punch and then the then talent takes over emotion. So we got to come out and have fast starts. I think from a um, home game stance, we get emotionally involved with our fans. You feel that emotion inside that stadium. You feed off of that. And then, but when we get on the road, for some reason, um, we can't have, we can't go down 17 points. We can't spot team 17 points, Mike. I think the, um, the biggest thing is, is that fast start. Get out there, play. Uh, if you go, if you're out on defense, three and out, and then you got to have a drive and you got to put some points on the board whether it's a field goal or, or better even a touchdown, whatever it takes, but we got to strive to score points in our first series. Well, this Saturday, Wisconsin comes to town. It's going to be a crazy atmosphere. Game days in town. Are you a fan of these uh, these night games, Jamie? Well, you know I'm a traditionist, Mike. Every time we talk, we, <laughs> I tell you I'm a traditionist. But you know what? It's good for these young, these young players. They're used to playing on Friday nights anyway. So why not do a night game? Here and there, I'm not I'm not, I'm not opposed to it anymore. 
it's going to be, like you said, it's going to be a great atmosphere. It's a great opportunity to be the only game on at nighttime on ABC going at it against one of, one of the best teams in the Big Ten, if not the best team in the Big Ten. They, tri- they tripped up against uh, BYU, but it, it's our test. This is our midseason test, and we're, gonna, we're getting ready to go through the gauntlet, but I don't want to overlook Wisconsin because that's not a team you overlook because they have a big offensive line, a big running back that comes downhill. They have a quarterback who, who's Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, but you, mm-hmm. don't, you never know what you're going to get out of him. And they have a very dependable defense that, you know, does just enough to win. And this is one of these games from a game planning perspective, Jamie. When it's Wisconsin, you know, especially offensively, exactly what's going to happen. They're just going to come right after you. Oh, until you stop it. You've got to stop the run. Your, your, your game plan, your priority game plan is to stop Jonathan Taylor and that offensive line coming downhill. You're going to have to give something up. You're going to have to bring that safety down. Don Brown may have to tinker with his, his, his defensive plan. We know that Don Brown doesn't like to, you know, give up a lot in his defensive planning, but he may have to cater to what uh, Wisconsin wants to do to stop Jonathan Taylor. And that may be something, you know, you take a defensive coordinator like a Don Brown out of his, out of his comfort zone, but it may be good because Don Brown now focuses on what's most important in Wisconsin, takes that away. And you know, three things that can happen there's two bad things and one good thing that can happen when you pass the ball. If you can get Hornybrook to throw the ball and you make those two bad things happen more than, than the good thing, you're good to go. Well, remember last year up in Madison, we basically, I thought, took, well, they didn't run wild against us. We did a good job with no. Jonathan Taylor through three quarters, and Hornibrook was not good for those first three quarters. But, man, he came to life in the fourth quarter put together. I think it was almost his coming out party where he played well after that the rest of the season and into the bowl game but still that is what you want to do with Wisconsin you want you want him to beat you don't you yes you want you want you want to see Hornybrook drop back more than you want to see Jonathan Taylor coming downhill at you and you're you're right completely right Mike for the first three quarters in in Madison Michigan uh was the Michigan defense was able to contain Jonathan Taylor and um make Hornybrook throw the ball I think you don't lose a quarterback in Jason in in, um, in uh, Peters Brandon Peters last year. You still ha- you still are competing against against Wisconsin, and you you have an op- you have a possibility of winning. Uh, you made some special teams mistakes, uh, a punt return for a touchdown, but overall, I, I thought they were in that game up until. And uh, you're right, it, it made. Uh, Hornybrook come alive and feel good and gain confidence, and that's what Wisconsin needed to go on for their season. But Michigan can go into this game confident, knowing that they they know how to stop uh, Taylor. They know what they need to do to make Hornybrook do what do the things that they need him to do for them to compete. And I know this this uh, offense they seek revenge on many times that they were down in the red zone early in that game. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm talking about, the early start. 
and they should have punched a couple of those in. Injuries could be a key in how well we defend that run, Jamie. As of right now, we have Rashawn Gary, Michael Dwumfor, Carlos Kemp uh, bunged up. Aubrey Solomon, I heard practice last week, would be really great to get him back. Being down, those three guys, not good, is it? No, no, no. And, you know, hopefully, like you said, Aubrey Solomon is available to run. I'm sure they're going to see... I, I don't think Rashawn Gary's that kind of athlete. He's going to do everything possible to get on that field, as well as Mike, Michael Drumfall. I think anybody, anybody who comes to Michigan, these are the games. This game is the kind of game that you want to play. This is why you come to Michigan for games like this. Uh, historic game, make your mark as a Michigan football player. Well, when we have the ball on Saturday, Jamie, do you think we're going to throw more against Wisconsin early? And I say that because their secondary has been their Achilles heel so far. Nebraska put up what, almost 400 passing yards against them Saturday night in Madison. Uh, I think, I, I, again, again, Michigan wants to establish their running game. Mm-hmm. You'll see a lot of run, but Michael, you're right. You take what the defense gives you. And this is what I've seen what the coaching staff has switched up. Now they're taking what the uh, defense gives them. If, um, if they bring that safety down in the box, which I think they will, they'll start out with that safety in the box, trying to shut down that running game, trying to, trying to contain Karan Higdon, trying to stop the tight ends and everything like that. Uh, ben Mason, True Wilson. I think you will see, um, you'll see if they, and I think Wisconsin will say, Let's see if Shea Patterson can beat us, and they give him that shot. They're going to hurt themselves. Well, I've said for the last few weeks, Jamie, uh, that I'm not sure if we're just a good team or one that's ready to turn the corner, and assuredly, this Wisconsin game should be a very good barometer, shouldn't it? It is the test. I call this week is the test. The rest of it's the start of what we're going to, what what we're supposed to face. I think everybody, like I said, it's the test because we have progressively gotten better week after week after week. And everybody thinks that that was a weak schedule. That was the weak part of our schedule. No, it was the learning part of our schedule, getting to know one another. Again, this team was relatively a new team, a quarterback getting used to an offensive line, an offensive line getting used to a line, an offensive line coach, an, an offensive line coach getting used to an offensive staff. I think everybody getting to know one another. You have you have a new um, wide receiver coach and and, and uh, Jim McElwain. I mean, you, you think about that. Getting used to one another. I know we have spring ball. I know we had summer camp, and now um, now you have a chance in the season. You're you're six weeks into the season. Now your team is starting to come together. You're starting to develop relationships with one another. You understand one another and you want to play harder for one another. Well, Jamie, a final thought. It's a marquee game in prime time, and a win, Jamie, would be, I think, sort of a a tipping point for this team, a huge confidence builder. Wouldn't you agree? I agree fully with you, but we need to to contain our emotions because, you know, just because you beat Wisconsin, beating Wisconsin will be a great, great uh, success story. But in um, in this whole scheme of things, we have we have we have Sparty right next week. One more question, then, Jamie. Uh, from what you've seen uh, in the Big Ten so far this year, is uh, is Ohio State heads and tails above everyone right now? 
Right now, in in, in my in my honest opinion, there's only two teams in this nation that are elite. That would be uh, Alabama and um, Ohio State. And anybody else can be beat on any given Saturday if they come in with the wrong attitude. You got to come in and be ready to play each and every day. And um, I think those two teams are focused. I think those two teams now. That doesn't say when we get to the end, when we get down to Thanksgiving time and it's time for the game, Michigan's getting better each and every week. And we'll be, we'll be there when, we, when it's time. What I'm saying to you is, is they're playing at their ceiling now. We're, we're getting to our ceiling. We're getting better each week. So we take it one game at a time and we do what we need to do. That'll be a great epic. One Saturday at a time, so we'll see what happens uh, this weekend with Wisconsin coming to the big house in a Saturday night game. Our guest on the show this week on our game day segment has been Michigan great Jamie Morris. Well, Jamie, as always, uh, great to have you with us on the show. We look forward to the next visit, and so until then, go blue. Thanks, Mike. Quick hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On Quick Hits today at Jim's Presser Monday, he discussed a few injuries but didn't provide any updates. He really doesn't on Monday because the presser is before practice when he gets updated by the medical staff. He said Tariq Black, though, is progressing nicely. Michael Dwumfer's injury was not as serious as originally thought on Saturday. Rashawn Gary was held out Saturday as a precaution. He is dealing with an AC joint injury in his shoulder The Jim said is not long-term. No update on Carlo Kemp. Aubrey Solomon is practicing, and Jim said, we'll see how close he is this week. Chris Evans warmed up on Saturday, as we saw, then watched the game in street clothes. He is reportedly working through a hamstring injury, and his status was not updated. We moved up to number 10 in this week's AP poll, and on Monday we also learned it's a 12 noon kickoff in East Lansing next week, and the game is going to be broadcast on Fox Sports. A reminder that our free show app is available from the iTunes and Google Play stores. You can also hear us on Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Wolverine Sports Radio. If you get the show from iTunes, as we always say, please take a minute to rate or comment on the program, and thank you in advance. And thanks again to Michigan great Jamie Morris for being our guest today on Thursday's Visitor's Edition. We'll get to know this week's opponent a bit better. My guest will be Badger beat writer Jason Galloway from the Wisconsin State Journal in Madison. So make sure you join us on Thursday. We'll also update our game day weather, which right now looks to be cool but dry, and we'll share some game day notes and maybe, maybe have an injury update or two. That will do it for another game day edition of the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. Until we meet again, take care, and as always, Go Blue! 
Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!